During these times, we're all in this together, and we want to remain positive. Thus, being good servants, wanting to keep our social distancing, we're going to share with you some of the best episodes of A Server's Journey. If you've heard these episodes before, well, this could be a good reminder. But thanks for being a loyal listener to A Server's Journey. This is The Server's Radio Network. Welcome to this edition of A Server's Journey with Rocky DeStefano. The foundation of the show is that everyone is leading something or someone, thus the name of the show is A Server's Journey. And as always, I'm Rocky DeStefano. I thank Larry for introducing me every week, and I just want to thank everybody that does tune in and listen every week. As we always say, Larry, we're on a journey of leadership, and everybody leads, and we're happy that you're coming here to hear it. And Zach will be with us as we join the interview. Yes. He's, you know, too good for these intros. I'm just saying. (laughs) Well, our guest again today is the second part of the interview with Deanne Turner. Right. Who's the author of the book, uh, Bet on Talent. Yeah, and who has been on our show before and uh, first wrote a book called It's My Pleasure, which was received so well that she decided to uh, write again. So we want to continue with this story, and uh, we she's got a lot to say. Absolutely. Because I've already heard it. For once, I know what she was going to that, say. That's exactly right. Yeah. Well, speaking about stories, you know, the story of Paper to Water is a great story. And it was told by Catherine and Isabel Adams as they were on our show on August 28th. Right. And and the great story. I mean, absolutely blew us away. Yeah. And so I understand that the Chick-fil-A stores partnered with Paper for Water for a month. Right. And we don't ask this often, but we are asking you this time to get up off the couch and find your wallet or purse and go to our website and make a donation to Paper for Water. These young girls have raised over $1.7 million and have uh, funded over 200 projects in over 20 countries and impacting 65,000 people, including people right here in America. That is amazing. Two young girls, what they can do. So their story was great. And uh, we want you to help them. So uh, please check out our website, A Server's Journey, and you'll find out more about their amazing story. And speaking of websites, ACS Creative. ACS Creative, they created our website. That's right. So, and they don't play a game with your money. No, when it comes to creating a website, it's it's good to go to the pros. That's right. And uh, they do brochures, they do logos, direct mail, ad campaigns, and websites. So they get to know your business and understand your needs. And again, the name is ACS Creative. Creative. They don't play games with your money. Awesome. Yes, they're great to work with. So uh, do we have a uh, another part of the show now, Larry? Well, let me see. Yes, we do. Epic Moments in Leadership. Yes, and as always, I've kind of gotten into these because Epic Moments in Leadership, I, I, I love them, but I, I love these stupid sayings. So yeah. <laughs> we're going to go back to another one, and this is brought to us from Rear Admiral John Poindexter. Larry, do you remember this gentleman? No, I don't. I didn't sail with him. So John Poindexter, Rear Admiral, was uh, testifying before Congress, and it was around the Iran-Contra affair. Do you remember that? Uh, Yes, I remember that. Big news. And this is what uh, John had to say. He said, it is not fair to say that I have misinformed Congress or other cabinet officers. Officers, I haven't testified to that. 
I've testified that I withheld information from Congress, and with regard to the cabinet officers, I didn't withhold anything from them that they didn't want to be withheld from them. <laughs> so I, I've i not heard many quotes that skated around and answer wow. quite like that one. That, so. that is amazing. Well done. That is amazing. Well done, Point Dexter. Well, our guest today is, again... Deanne uh, Turner. Deanne Turner, and it's a great interview, and Zach's with us, so let's just get right to it. Yes, yeah, go. Mm. So you talk about you talk about the three C's, right? So there's a difference yes. between hiring people and selecting talent. What what are the three C's? Okay, so you you did sort of give a hint though to this selecting talent and hiring people, so I can't run past that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have a, a principle around that, and that's that I believe that when you're hiring people, you're just looking when you're hiring people, you're just looking for warm bodies. You're just trying to fill a shift. You're trying to have enough. It's all about quantity. But when you're selecting talent, you're really focused on the quality. And so how I how I evaluate the quality is three ways. First is always character. Character that matches the organization is what you're looking for there. And that means that um, there are people who have a sense, a personal sense of purpose and mission and core values. And that um, that is, it doesn't have to match perfectly to what the organization is, but um, connect in a way. So I'm looking for character first. Secondly, I'm looking for competency that matches the role. You know, that this person has the skill set needed for the role that's available. And here's an important one, not just um, for the role that's available today, but because I'm, I'm making long-term decisions, I'm looking for people who show potential for growth to what I'm going to need in the future so that from the very beginning, I'm building my leadership bench. Uh, and I think a lot of Chick-fil-A franchisees are particularly skilled at that. And, you know, Speaking of that, during the time that I was selecting franchisees for Chick-fil-A, I would have to sometimes, uh, one of the things that I had to make a big shift in, when I first started doing that, all the Chick-fil-A's were in malls. Well, then we had freestanders. Well, the competency requirements became different because a freestanding restaurant is more complex. And then we had opportunities for operators to have uh, multiple opportunities, uh, whether it was multiple restaurant or you know consulting licensees or whatever. So all of a sudden, I needed a different candidate. It was a different skill set for a multi-restaurant, somebody who would one day, they may not start out that way. In fact, they didn't start out that way, but they might have this opportunity in the future. And so we had to have people with, that we could identify those skill sets. So competency that matches the role. And then lastly, chemistry that matches the team. And that's so important that um, someone, you know, is a team player, can get along with the other people that they're going to be working with. And because uh, you talk about something, there'll be a game changer, a breaker for your culture is not to have good chemistry on your team. Yeah, absolutely. I Do you, do you feel like there's one that is more important than the others or do you think they really are all important? Well, they all are important, but I will tell you this, and especially when I think about, uh, and you know, I'll just quote Truett for you, Rocky. He used to say, I can teach anybody to make a chicken sandwich, right? but I can't teach them the character that they need to represent my good name and my brand. And I would think anybody who had their own business would be thinking the same way. I mean, depending on what the role is, you're going to need a level of competency, but you can teach people to do a lot of things if they have the right character 
and they can get along with the people that they're going to be working with. Right. And if somebody's extremely competent but lacks character, mm. it, it, it doesn't work normally. No. And I, I mean, for me, that would be a deal breaker because yeah. I can't. I don't want I don't want the responsibility of fixing character yeah. um, that that goes into a realm of that I don't fit think um, is where the leader's time is best spent helping someone sure but you know true character problems where somebody might be dishonest or um, you know struggle with a personal set of core values things like that I think um, can be. Uh, can really suck up the leader's time, and that's not the best way to grow an organization. Right. Okay, so somebody here uh, today, I'm sure, is listening, and they're kind of waking up to to maybe the realization, oh, no, <laughs> I don't know that I've built a good culture. So what would you, like, what type of advice would you give to them to begin that process of, of changing the culture other than buying the book? Because I think everybody should run out and buy the book, so... <laughs> Well, first, um, you know, that is a tough position to be in when you realize that because when you decide to change it, you're on a really difficult journey. And again, you go back and start with what we've already talked about. You're going to put those elements in place. Then you have to evaluate, okay, do my people match what I've just done? Because if my talent doesn't match the culture that I'm creating, I have to do something about that. That's really hard, especially at this particular time. Um, do my processes and systems work in my new culture? Because if they don't, I have to consider that too. Culture is always, always where you start because that's the soul of the organization. And so you have to work around the culture that you want and, and make sure all those other things match up. But it's a, um, you know, if you wake up one day and decide to change it, know that it's a bigger commitment that I'm just going to go write a purpose statement and get everybody to memorize it. Yeah, It's, go, it's going to be a <clears throat> systemic, enterprise-wide change that requires um, a lot of commitment and a lot of communication. Yeah. Do, you, do you feel like that's maybe the, the secret to having to really develop those core principles? Because I find that when I, you know, I turn back to my core principles when I'm in a tough time. Like I, oh, yeah. I need them to remind myself why, why I'm doing this. So, is is that what you yeah. think core principles are for mostly? Well, I think I think they certainly are the ground zero for your organization because tough times do come. Yes. And, and you know the leader we followed for so many years, he certainly went through them, and he went back to his principle. And I'm sure you've done it many times, and I have too. Uh, I have to go back to my purpose and why I'm here at all. Um, and they give us a true north when right. we get a little lost on our way. You know, even when things are going well, I don't know about you, but, you know, when I'm having success sometimes, I get a little full of myself. Yes. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. You know, that's that. there's no place for that in your organization. Talk about me, you know. And, and um, I have to step back and go, now, why are you doing this? Because it's not for that praise or it's not for that gain. It's about this purpose. Which right. is, you know, far more reaching than any of those things. So I think when we're successful or we're struggling, we have to um, continue to go back and um, focus on, okay, yeah. what's the center of all this for us? You know, that that's an excellent point because, you know, right now, I don't think Chick-fil-A, it, it almost feels like we can't do anything wrong. 
we're being recognized for our customer service. We're being recognized as the best fast food brand. We're, you know, record-setting sales. Uh, you know, we're having issues that no companies ever had or very few have had, and that's in how do we meet the capacity? And that's a great problem to have. But it's also, it, it scares me sometimes because you mentioned pride. And if we're not careful, if we slip, there is another Chick-fil-A waiting. Because, you know, when, when we first started with Chick-fil-A, we, we knew what we had. We knew it was a wonderful company, but the rest of the world didn't. And we took advantage of other companies forgetting their core principles and falling back. And, you know, I, do, do, you, do you worry about that ever? Or how do you um, maybe uh, give, give feedback to companies of, you know, things to watch to, to not fall into that trap? Yeah, you know, when you're, uh, when you're, as my boys say, when you're on the come up, <laughs> yeah. is the way they yeah. put it, you know. Yeah. Um, nobody's noticing you so much. Right. But, um, and so, but once you are the best, it's like any other competition you're a part of. Once you're the best, everyone's after you. Right. And so you're constantly in competition. Um, you know, it's, it's nice to be under the radar when people, and you could do all kinds of things. You could, you could fail easily, right. easier because yeah. no one was, was waiting to attack your failure. And then you add the age of social media. Boy, when you fail and, peop- and you've been named the best, you know, whether it's just in your community or it's on a national level, um, that's a really hard place to be. So I think humility um, is so important and staying connected, you know, in Chick-fil-A's case, staying connected to the reason they're in business at all is to be a positive influence on everyone they come in contact with and to be a faithful steward of all that's entrusted to them. And, and not to ever get away from that. that. To me, that's true humility when you submit yourself to your own purpose. Mm-hmm. That's good. Hey, so you talk about retaining good talent. Okay, we've talked. I think we've talked a lot about that today, right? And it's about commitment right, exactly. and to your principal values and all that kind of stuff. And we talked about, you know, uh, we've talked about the toxic culture. But so you're in the situation. You're doing great. You're 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 being humble. What what do you think? What do you think is key in making sure that companies? I say this. Hmm. Okay, so you talk about a lot about why, what, and how, right? What is the role of who have in, in the why, what, how? Yeah. So the who executes the why, what, how. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, um, I talk about all the time, you win with who. You know, you put all those other places, all those pieces in place are great. But if you don't have the right who to deliver on it, then it, it won't take off. It won't go anywhere. So those two things are equally important. I talk about the... Um, actually, in terms of a formula, you know, um, a remarkable culture is the foundation. It's executed by extraordinary talent. And those things together, when you teach principles and, and so forth, they produce amazing customer experiences. And when you do that over time, you create legendary customer service. And so all those pieces are important, but the who is right in the middle of it. And if you don't have the right who, you cannot execute on all those other pieces. 
Yeah, and if you have the right who, they continue developing the how of that legendary service because, you know, as you mentioned, um, in today's society, no business is static. You, you know, you don't get there and then, okay, we've got it. You know, let's just keep chugging. It doesn't work. You have to continuously reinvent. And I find that um, whereas 20 years ago when I was running a, a mall with a crew of 20 people, I could be the, the steam engine. But now the majority of the good ideas that come out of our stores are from the who and not from me at all. Right, right. So but it's, a reflect, it's a reflection on you. Well. Good or bad, it's a reflection on you, right? I hope so. <laughs> so yeah. So, so Deanne, please, uh, you know, share with us uh, where you can get the book, and uh, maybe, you know, what's next? Are, do, do you have a uh, speaking engagement? Are you going to be, you know, doing a book tour? Just kind of share a little bit about what's going on. Sure. Well, you can pick up the book on any online retailer, and I'm not sure all the stores it's in, but uh, it, I know it's uh, in some airports and uh, some other. Uh, retailers, but certainly on all of your favorite online. Or you can just go right to my website, deanturner.com. That's D-E-E-A-N-N, turner.com. And there's a page there for ordering uh, Bet on Talent. I encourage you to do that. As far as what I'm doing, uh, for the next few months, I am speaking every single week. I'm going to be in um, cities across the country um, speaking to organizations, conferences, doing media, and uh, so till about the end of the year, that's where you'll find me. And then I'll go into next year, getting a little bit back into some of my consulting work, continuing to speak, and working on my third book, um, which the publisher and I have not exactly—we're not ready to announce what that book is about. Right. So we're working on that, um, but it's though. scheduled right now to come out in 2021. But do I understand you like to write? Is that part of what you love to do? Yeah, that's that's really, I have to tell you, that's my favorite thing and uh, is, to, is to write. And it started, um, that's what I wanted to be all my life. Uh, when I was eight years old, uh, Zach will not remember this at all um, <laughs> unless he's seen it in syndication. But there was a show called The Waltons. Oh, and the main Waltons. character in the show, John Boy Walton, was a he was an aspiring writer too. And I watched, that was my show when I was a kid and I wanted to be a writer. And that was what I went to college to do the first time. And, and I discovered that I didn't have a whole lot of life experience that anybody would want to read about at that time. Um, so my path took me some other places, uh, which is really the incredible thing about how things worked out is that life came full circle. And when it came time for me to retire from Chick-fil-A, I had this incredible opportunity um, to follow my passion and dream. So that's my first thing that I love to do. And so you can find uh, content on uh, at Deanne Turner at, on LinkedIn, on Instagram, the same name, uh, on my Facebook author page, again, on my own blog post uh, at com, and um, occasionally on Twitter. And so I uh, hope you'll I hope your audience will follow me there and interact with me. I generally uh, respond to questions and uh, comments that and things that people bring to my attention, and I love to interact with my uh, readers. So, would love to to meet you there. So, let me ask you now, uh, j- just real quick. Um, we're going to kind of play a game, and I'm not sure if you're up for it or not. It's nothing too challenging, but we have a game we call this or that, and we're going to give you two things and kind of ask uh, maybe which one you prefer and why. Do you, would sure. you play along with us? Oh yeah. All right. Good. Thank you. <laughs> 
So for the longest time, we've had the same set of questions, but we're finally moving we're into a new era. <laughs> we're moving to a new era. So we just talked about you know Chick Fil A winning this award for being the top the top uh, fast food joint to go to or quick service joint to go to. So joint, joint, yeah, yeah. Joint. I figured I'd throw my lingo. That's back a millennial a thing. It's yeah. okay. Hey, yeah. <laughs> it's all right. Larry's learning, guys. Okay, so you have In and Out Burger or Flip Burger. Which one? This or that? In and Out. Okay. Okay. So yeah. why why do you why do you say In and Out? Well, I honestly I think I've been to a Flip Burger, but I don't remember. And my travels take me to California a lot. And uh, while In-N-Out Burger is not on my current eating plan, if I were to splurge, if I were to splurge, and I was out on the West Coast, I'd have to say, you know, a double double. Yeah. Um, there's just nothing like it, and I have such great appreciation for their level of service as yeah. well. And and so I always, I when I go in an In-N-Out Burger, it's probably the closest thing I find to to being in a Chick Fil A. Yeah, I would agree with that. All right, so let's, uh, you know, question two would be Facebook or Twitter? Facebook. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I cannot master I Twitter to save my life. I don't know what uh, I'm supposed to do with Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't get my jargon right sometimes. Yes, yes. I can't get under that, whatever that magic 140, number is, 240 yeah, forget, characters forget or whatever. It. Yeah, it doesn't work. Well, it's also, and, I think uh, it's a younger person thing, too. Oh, see, Twitter that, is. that was the dagger right there in my but heart. The tr- but no, but the truth is, I'm not even on. And if why everybody's does, on Twitter. I have no clue what's going on. And why on does the president use it all the time if it's uh, for a younger there you go. person? There you go, Larry. All That's right. fair. That's a fair I'm point. Gonna, I'm going to steer us away from politics. <laughs> I didn't just saying. Well, okay. I, I really, the biggest thing for me about Twitter is I don't feel like I develop a relationship with anyone. Yeah. I mm. can go on Facebook. Um, LinkedIn is actually my favorite platform because I like talking business with people. And so that's where I've created the greatest number of connections and and spend more time there. And I love the content that I find there as well. It's very informative. Um, so I tend to spend more time on LinkedIn. But um, I in any of those other platforms, I feel like it's more relational. And Twitter, like you, said, you can go onto Twitter and, you know, people can just, you know, throw darts or whatever. But right. um I, I just yeah, it's not my it's not my favorite place to hang out. Although I, I do check it, I keep up with Wake Forest football since that's where my son is. Yeah. All right. Okay. Okay. So, cat or dog? Are you a cat or a dog person? Dog, absolutely. Which oh. is funny. I grew up with cats, but I have uh, we have one. We had two miniature dachshunds um, for eleven years and lost one last year, and then our our second one, Smokey. He's kind of on his last leg, but. Um, I came to love dogs late in life because they love me so much. <laughs> so. Yeah, yes, dogs. There's something about a dog that they're always happy to see you. It, you know, it's at least somebody. You know, you could have a bad day. You walk in your house, <laughs> yeah. and the dog is. A, you know, my cat could care less. <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't get the thing about cats at all. I don't know. I just don't. I'm also allergic too. So every time I'm around, my eyes puff up. Yeah, yeah. I love that cats, part. but my cat is. He puts up. He. He allows me to live there, is what I always say. So, all right. So, uh, Deanne, what's worse, laundry or dishes? Uh, um, well, both is acceptable too. <laughs> uh, laundry or dishes? Laundry, I guess. Okay. It causes it, I, dishes are in, more in one location, but laundry can, uh, especially if it requires ironing, that's not going to be much fun. Right. Exactly. <laughs> 
That's a good question. Yeah. I always feel like I'm on the dish pit and the uh I love dishes. So, <laughs> going in yeah. the going in the kitchen, Marina's like, Oh, I don't want to do dishes. I'm like, dude, sign yeah. me up. No, dishes is my safe place. It's like you know, I can work out my issues and problems. <laughs> but you're ta- you're talking about dishes at work, Rocky. Oh, yeah. Well and he and Zach's talking about dishes at home. No, it's both. It's well, the same. Yeah, really? Yeah, I do dishes at in both places too later. So yeah. Oh, well you never invite me there. So my mom makes fun of me because I hand wash all of our dishes. Yeah, and I don't know why, but I just I enjoy it more, and I think it gets cleaner too. But, anyways, <laughs> all right. So we have one final one, and okay. that is Broadway or rock and roll. <sighs> yeah, my my daughters uh, require I ask that question. Uh, I think I'm going to say Broadway. Yeah, see, just uh, because it's a, it's narrower and. Um, rock and roll includes a lot of things, some I love and some things I don't like as much. So right, I yeah. have to say Broadway. It's a girl thing. No, see, it's not because <laughs> I, I say Broadway now, too, and I oh, think yeah? it's because of the story. Yeah. And I think you as a writer probably enjoy a well-written story, and you you get that more with Broadway, I feel. All right. Yeah. Well, we want to thank you so much, uh, Deanne, for coming. And we're going to put up the, you know, a link to your website onto our website. Um, and we encourage you to go check it out. Uh, I've read the first book. I uh, am excited about reading the second book. And I know that every time I do, I learn something from you, Deanne. So I, I appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah. And it was nice to talk to you again, Miss Deanne. Hey, thanks for linking up with us here on A Server's Journey. We love to have you uh, go to apple podcast and leave a review just like leanne said or deanne her name is deanne Deanne. i gotta get that right sorry about deanne and uh just leave a review because maybe the review will help someone else like yourself find a server's journey remember to subscribe to the podcast as well as we want you all to be good leaders learning to lead by serving Again, I'd like to suggest you, if you need help with your website, like we did, you can contact ACS Creative. Uh, they don't play games with your money. So, and uh, check out the, the story of Paper for Water and donate to help change lives with water. So, Rocky, until the next time, I'm your ever-faithful companion, Larry. And I'm Zach Davis. We hope to plant the seed to serve the ones that you leave. Ooh, I like that, Zach. That's great right there. And as always, I'm Rocky DiStefano. And I want to remind us, as always, we are on this journey together. And we really believe it's how you serve while you're on that journey. And that's why we love sharing this content to you. Again, I want to thank you for joining us. And as always, we ask, are you somebody worth following?